Good morning and welcome to another service here at Fresh Vision Church. But this isn't going to be your typical um, uh, service here. Uh, we're going to be taking a break from our current teaching in Luke so that I can share with you, so we can share with you a special occasion. Um, today, our brother in Christ, Isaac, will be publicly recognized as an ordained pastor here at Fresh Vision Church. Now, I want to share with you two reasons why I consider this a special occasion. Now, first of all, I'm not sure if you knew this, but Isaac was previously ordained at his former, former church in Fort Collins, Fort Collins, Colorado. Now, while he was at Calvary Chapel, Fort Collins, not only did God bless his ministry, he called him to lead, but the Lord also used Isaac to be a blessing to his pastor and many others there. I therefore believe that just as God's hand was upon him there in his former church, his hand continues to be upon him now since he's joined us, since he's been here and been part of Fresh Vision Church. If you've talked with him and spent time with him, you know that he has a special quality, a special quality in him that can honestly, truthfully, can only come from the Holy Spirit. So although it's my opinion that Isaac's previous pastoral ordination had pretty much always, the way I saw it, was, was carried over to this church. What makes this so special is that now that, that we're able to, we can publicly, we're basically publicly reaffirming his calling to the pastoral ministry and making it official here. So I just want to just mention, I just want to thank Isaac's former pastor, Pastor Dave Pierce. If you're listening, if you're watching, I want to thank you for seeing God's calling in Isaac's life and just pouring so much into him. I want you to also know that I see in him what you saw for so many years, for all those years that he served under you. And I believe that our prayers for him are one in the same. Now, secondly, what makes this occasion so special is that Isaac will become the first pastor in this, well, this church officially ordains. Now, in case you didn't know, it wasn't until after leading this church for about a year and a half that I was ordained by my pastor to, to lead this church. That was in January of 2018 at Calvary Chapel Sun City. That night, Pastor Terry, along with a few other pastors that were there, and some of the church, the Calvary Chapel Sun City church elders that were also there, and including Isaac, um, was there. And I, was there anybody else that was there? Too? Oh, Eunice was there. Um, so she was there to witness it as well. Uh, but the men there 
uh, laid hands on me and, and prayed over me. So being here now, officiating this ordination service is just further confirmation that Fresh Vision Church is definitely part of God's will and part of his plan. Now my hope and prayer is that Isaac won't be the only one and that over time, if it's again God's will, we'll be able to have more ordination services like this. Before I get into God's word and read with you a passage, I want to share with you a really quick condensed version of how the Lord brought Isaac and I together. And I'm sure he might share a little bit more when he comes up here. But um, when I, the Lord put it in my heart to, to start Fresh Vision Church, I was praying a lot that God would bring along someone that will, will help me be my right-hand person and just share in the burdens and in the prayers and, um, and all the blessings. And that was one of the, one of the biggest things I, w- I was praying for, aside from making sure that this is exactly what the Lord has called me to do. Once, that, once he made it known, then that's when I started praying for all these things. I was praying for um, a, a good brother in the Lord that would come alongside me and, and, and help me. And, you know, we can help each other. Now, one year, do you remember what year it was when we went to uh, Aurora? 2016. In 2016, I went for a conference up in Aurora. And, again, this is all this that was still in my heart. And um, I, I went to a conference up there and... I went by myself and I started talking to people. I'm a pretty talkative person and I went around and started mingling and just meeting different people and, and, um, and I ran into to Isaac. Now I'm not entirely sure how we connected, how that happened, but he was, like many others, I had asked him, hey bro, we, you know, I'm starting this church in, in El Paso and you know, I would love it if you know if you came down. Da- if you if you came down, you can come join us, and it'd be great. I think he had told me he was from El Paso, so I was telling him the whole situation, and and so he was like, "Yeah, you know, cool, yeah, you know." And then, uh, you know, um, but uh, that left an impression on him. It left an impression on me, and again, I just continued to pray. After I left, I continued to pray that the Lord will um, bring someone along. Um, again, I'm not sure entirely the amount of time that passed, but I, one day I received a phone call and it was from a guy named Isaac and he was telling me that he met me in, in Aurora and I met a lot of people in Aurora, so I wasn't sure. I couldn't put a name, uh, a face to the name and, and so I was trying to remember, trying to remember and, and, and he was telling me about that he moved down here and and tell me a little bit about about his situation, and I said, "Hey, let's let's meet, let's talk." And so, our first meeting was over at the Denny's on Airway in Montana, if, I, if I'm correct, right? Village Inn, okay, Village Inn. <laughs> Some people I just have a better memory than me. Um, and aside from the conversations that we were having, 
um, one of the biggest things that stood out was that here I ordered this big old platter of just great food and he ordered hard-boiled eggs and plain oatmeal with nothing on it, just plain oatmeal, hard-boiled eggs. That was his, anything else? I think that was in a, maybe water. water. <laughs> <laughs> uh, never before had I shared a meal with someone that, you know, had that kind of, that ate like that. So it was interesting, but, you know, he told me this story and I was, you know, the Lord just put it in my heart. I was, you know, started to become excited, but I also was like cautious too. I learned to be cautious about things. And again, I invited him um, to come to the, the church and check it out and see what he thinks. And he did. And after a few weeks, he said, I want to make Fresh Vision Church my home church. And I really feel God has called me here to serve. And since then, he's been been a, just, a, a, just a great servant here, a great leader, a great friend, um, a great mentor to some of the youth here, to many of the youth here. Um, and he has a great year, a great heart, very, very humble too. Um, and one day you'll see how humble he really is. And um, but in my travel, I've also traveled with him to, to different conferences and we've had great conversations. I'm honestly, again, surprised how that he stayed, stayed here and has put up with me and my quirks and my, you know, the, the way I am. and. Um, but again, it just shows that um, he has a very patient and loving heart, and he sees past all the, I guess, the, the bad qualities, and he sees what God is doing here, and he sees what God is doing in, in my life, and what I eventually, what I want to do here, what my vision is, and what, um, what God has called me to do. And again, he's just been so great, so patient, and so understanding. And again, that's the condensed version. He may expand, but you may know more, but he, he may expand upon it a little bit more. But um, that's how I met um, Isaac, and he's been serving here uh, since then. So, well, now that I've told you a few things about him, I want to now ask you if you'd please turn to your, if your Bible's with you to 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4. 1 Timothy chapter 4, verse 1. Now the Spirit expl explicitly says that in the latter times, some will depart from the faith, paying attention to deceitful spirits and a teaching of demons through the hypocrisy of liars whose consciences are seared. They forbid marriage and demand abstinence from foods that God created to be received with gratitude by those who believe and know the truth. For everything created by God is good, and nothing is to be rejected if it's received with thanksgiving, since it is sanctified by the word of God and by prayer. If you point these things out to the brothers and sisters, you will be a good servant of Christ Jesus, nourished by the words of the faith and the good teaching that you have followed, but have nothing to do with pointless and silly myths. Rather, train yourself in godliness, for the training of the body has limited benefit, 
But godliness is beneficial in every way since it holds promise for the present life and also for the life to come. This saying is trustworthy and deserves full acceptance. For this reason, we labor and strive because we have put our hope in, in the living God who is the Savior of all people, especially for those who believe. Command and teach these things. Do not let anyone despise your youth, but set an example for the believers in speech, in conduct, in love, in faith, and in purity. Until I come, give your attention to the public reading, exhortation, and teaching. Don't neglect the gift that is in you. It was given to you through prophecy with the laying on of hands by the council of elders. Practice these things. Be committed to them so that your progress may be evident to all. Pay close attention to your life and your teaching. Persevere in these things, for in doing this, you will save both yourself and your hearers. Now, in light of what we just read, I want to invite Isaac to come up and, um, and answer a few questions aloud in front of these witnesses. Yeah. So, yeah, I'm going to be speaking and I'll give it to you. You can look there now. <laughs> do you, okay um do you isaacs accept the bible as god's inspired infallible inerrant immutable indestructible and indispensable word i do do you understand the requirements responsibilities and realities that are about to be placed upon you by being ordained and set apart as an ambassador of the Lord Jesus Christ? I do. Are you ready and willing to accept and assume the responsibility to pursue, preach, and practice God's word with boldness, to minister the needs to those wh whom you are sent without partiality, and to give yourself sacrificially and without reserve to the enduring, to the edu educating, edification and equipping of the body of, of, of the body of Christ I do will you endeavor to diligently in it, to be diligent in the study of God's word instant and faithful in prayer an example in Christian piety and discipline before the people and the community in order that your life may be worthy be a worthy Christian example and that upon your ministry, the blessing of God may rest. I will. Recognizing the sacred responsibility of your call and aware of your own human weakness, will you seek leadership and empowerment of the Holy Spirit in order that you may be a faithful minister of him who has called you? I do. I will. Now, Isaac, as the lead pastor of Fresh Vision Church, I hereby charge you over the following. If you don't mind standing here in front and face everyone. Again, I charge you 
of the following. I charge you to pursue the word of God. Paul charged Timothy, till I come, give attention to reading, to exhortation, to doctrine. Meditate on these things, give yourself entirely to them, that your progress may be evident to all. Paul further charged Timothy to be diligent, to be present, to present yourself approved to God, a worker who does not need to be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. Isaac, I charge you to practice the word of God. Paul affirms this when he says, this is a faithful say, say, saying. If a man desires a position of a bishop, he desires a good work. A bishop then must be blameless, the husband of one wife, temperate, sober-minded, of good behavior, hospitable, able to teach, not given to wine, not violent, but greedy, not greedy for money, but gen gentle, not quarrelsome, not covetous, one who rules his own house well, having his children in submission with all reverence. For if a man does not know how to rule his own house, how will he take care of the church of God? Not a novice, lest being puffed up with pride, he fall into the same condemnation as the devil. Moreover, he must have a good testimony among those who are outside, lest he fall into reproach and the snare of the devil. Let no man despise your youth. Be an example of believers in word, in conduct, in love, in spirit, in faith, in purity. Flee also youthful lust, but pursue righteousness, faith, love, peace, with those who call on the Lord of a pure heart, but avoid foolish and ignorant disputes, knowing that they generate strife, and a servant of the Lord must not quarrel, but be gentle to all able to teach, patient, in humility, correcting those who are in opposition. If God perhaps will grant him repentance so that they may know the truth and they may come to their own senses and escape the snare of the devil, having been taken captive by him to do his will. And lastly, Isaac, I charge you to preach the word of God. You are called to be a preacher some assume the call to preach and do, very, and do very little about it, becoming entangled with various professions of the world and their ministry becomes si a, a sideline. I believe it is proper to include in this charge that if you are called to be a preacher, then be a preacher. If you, you are not called to be a politician, although you work as a teacher, you're that's not your spiritual calling. Um, you're not called to be a businessman or a social worker. A man God called to preach. Paul's final instruction to Timothy was, I charge you therefore before God and the Lord Jesus Christ, who will judge the living and the dead at his appearing and his kingdom, preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Convince, rebuke, Exhort with all long suffering and teaching, for the time will come when they will not endure sound doctrine, but according to their own desires, because they have itching ears, they will heap up for themselves teachers, and they will turn their ears away from the truth and be turned aside to fables. But you will be watchful in all these things, endure afflictions, do the work of an evangelist, fulfill 
your ministry. Now, as Isaac and I step down, down here, um, I want to invite any of the men who have been here, have spent time here, and have, who know Isaac and agree that God has called him to the pastor ministry to come forward and lay hands with him. Now, again, ladies, I respectfully ask that y you remain seated and that you silently pray for our brother in Christ. So um, let's step down here. And again, if you want, if any of the men that want to come up and and um, and pray for Isaac um, and agree that he should be ordained, um, if you don't mind coming up and just laying hands on him. Now, Isaac, if it's okay with you, I want to anoint you with oil, and um, and what. I'll do is I'll begin in prayer. Mm -hmm. If anyone else has anything anything else to say to pray for Isaac about, feel free to feel free to do that. Share and Rick, if you don't mind closing us out, closing this part in prayer. on him. Lord, Heavenly Father, I ask that your hand now be upon Isaac as throughout this time you've prepared him to, to lead and to, to pastor and to teach, Lord, and, and, and to be a leader here at this church. Lord, you have already used them in so many ways. You've, you've blessed everything that he's been involved with, and, and he's blessed so many people here, Lord. So I ask that you continue to be with him. May he look to you for guidance. May he look to you for strength. May he look to you for comfort or during every season of his life. Use him to, to, to continue to build this church up, Lord. We ask that you ordain his, his, this, his lips, his mind, his heart, Lord. And again, continue to reaffirm and continue to strengthen that calling from his previous ordination. Lord, we are thank so thankful for him. We thank, we're so thankful that he's here and that he's now a pastor here at Fresh Vision Church. Again, fill him with your spirit. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord, Heavenly Father, Lord, we thank you for, uh, we thank you for, the I for Isaac and the work that you've done in his life, Lord. We pray that you guide him through this journey, Lord, that he walks in your steps, that you're there with him. We reject, we reject him through the positive things, Lord, that you bless the words that come from his mouth, that you bless his words, Lord, and that you 
physically, spiritually, guide him, help him through this, Lord. And we thank you for him, Lord. We thank you for the work that he's done with the young ones, Lord. We pray that um, with us, Lord, that we pray that he continues to grow, continues to teach, Lord, and um, always, always follow you, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for everything. Bless him. Bless the people around him. Bless, bless his students, Lord. Bless his, uh, his family, Lord. We may they be appreci appreciative of him for the work that he's done and for the work that he'll continue to do, Lord. Thank you, Lord, for this man. In Jesus' name. Our Father God, we thank you for this privilege of gathering here today, brothers and sisters following you. This is a very special occasion where we commemorate and, and celebrate the day that you brought Isaac here to serve this congregation, this community, um, in your name according to your will. Father God, we thank you for that, and we thank you for the days ahead that you've given us with our brother here. We thank you that you've um, chosen to place it on the hearts of the people here to lay hands on him and to recognize him as a pastor of this congregation representing you in your name father god the things that you have for him to do now and in the future no matter where he goes we just ask that you give him every tool necessary for him to carry out the work that you have for him we ask that you center his mind on the things that you have ahead for him and the duties that you've called him to father god we ask that you remind him that he is one of yours mm -hmm. and that he is a humble shepherd and that are uh, humble under shepherd mm -hmm. and that he'll be used by you father god to do your will we just ask that you use him as a vehicle of encouragement and of joy and of peace and patience and kindness representing you while standing on your truth you're the foundation and you're the rock that he stands upon and i just ask that you impress upon him as he goes out and carries out your work father god we thank you for the things that you have him to do to represent you and we just ask that you use him to bring glory to yourself, Father God, as you have him serve this community, his own family, and this community of people who need to know him. Father God, we ask that you give him the boldness necessary to speak your word truthfully and honestly with love so that way people can come to know you. Father God, thank you for bringing this man here to represent you, to do your will. We just ask that you continue to draw him closer and closer to you as he fulfills these um, things that you have him to do, Father God. And above all, for him to remember that he's a child of yours. We just close out this prayer session right now, Father God. At this moment in time, but we continuously pray for him, Father God. And we continuously thank you for sending us another pastor for this congregation. Father God, thank you for the work that you do in each and every one of us. Thank you for the transformation. And thank you that you've sent us another under-shepherd to help walk us through these days that we are trying to follow you. We love you, Father God. We thank you. And we thank you for your provision in your son's name. Amen. I now like Isaac pa or Pastor. I was going to say Isaac Pastor, Pastor Isaac, to step up to the pulpit and share what. Again, anything that the Lord has put into your heart. Well, thank you all so much for um, your prayers. Uh, it's a privilege. It's an honor to serve the Lord. And I'm nothing, you know, the Lord is, I'm just the vessel the Lord's using. Um, and that's what we all are. So this up here is, is just the body. I'm just Isaac. Um, all the glory goes to God. And um, I, I usually am not used to like all the attention. So it's, it's one of those things where you, you realize everything that 
is said this morning, everything that I'm going to say this morning, um, all the glory uh, goes to the Lord. Okay, none of the glory goes to me or, or to this church or anything like that. All the glory goes uh, to God. So let me just get these organized. I had to write it out because I wanted to make sure we got out, we got out of here before the Rose Bowl. <laughs> so, um, which, which is January 1st. So uh, we won't be here till. Let me just fold these pages. I, um, it's interesting when you start thinking about your testimony and what the Lord's done in your life. Um, there's just so many things, right, that the Lord does for you and has done for you. And um, when Angel asked me to share my, my testimony or um, parts of my life that the Lord had been blessing, um, I remember early on when somebody asked me to share my testimony, I remember thinking to myself, well, my testimony is not as interesting. It's not as cool as that guy or that girl's testimony. Um, it's not as intriguing. But then I quickly realized that my testimony is one of the greatest things in my life because it's what God has done in my life, what he's doing in my life now, and what he's going to do in my life in the future. And I think as all of us in this room, we've given our lives to Jesus Christ. Our lives are a testimony. We're living epistles, the Apostle Paul calls us, um, living letters of recommendation for the faith. So your testimony, my testimony, is probably the most powerful thing we can show uh, for a life in Jesus Christ. So we want to make sure that we're proud of our, not, not in a prideful way, but we're, we're honored to share our testimonies, let's put it that way, because it's the Lord's work in our lives. Now, before I gave my life to Jesus Christ, I always thought to myself, I'm a good person. And because I'm a good person, I'm going to spend all eternity with the Lord. But we know that being a good person is not, it's not good enough right? We have to have a relationship with Jesus Christ. And I'm so grateful that I had that opportunity to give my life to Jesus Christ. And I didn't die while I was still living for myself, still in the world. And I'm very grateful for his long suffering and for his patience um, as he's given me that opportunity. So I was raised here in El Paso, Texas. I um, was raised in the Catholic Church. I uh, went to catechism. I went to confirmation. Um, however, I was always told not to read the Bible because I wouldn't have the knowledge to understand what I was reading. I remember disliking going to church. I hated going to church because I felt like it was this hour of rituals that I had to go and do so I wouldn't go to hell. And I, um, I didn't have a relationship with Jesus Christ. I had a fear of God, but it was an unhealthy fear of God. And I didn't love him um, the way that I love him now. I felt like God was just completely inaccessible to me. I couldn't reach God because I wasn't as holy as I needed to be or I wasn't this or that. And that's how I felt. And I, I, didn't, I didn't have anything. I, didn't have, I really didn't have faith. I, I went to church because we went to eat afterwards. That's the only reason why I went to church. Um, but that's how it was uh, growing up. And then in 2003... In 2004, um, my family experienced uh, a tragedy. I had a cousin, uh, her and her boyfriend were both killed in a vehicle accident. They were hit by a drunk driver. And um, it was a very hard time. My, my cousin was 20. She was 20, and I think her boyfriend was 21. And um, I remember in that season, my aunt, my uncle, they had just lost their only daughter in this vehicle accident. 
and they were so strong. They were the backbone of the family and they were in the midst of this tragedy. And I remember my mom asking my aunts, you know, why are you so strong? Why are you the one that's the pillar? You just lost your daughter. And she told us, well, it's the Lord. It's the Lord. And, you know, we're like, oh, okay, it's, it's the Lord. And then eventually they invited us to church. And we went with them to church. It was um, actually Calvary Chapel of El Paso, which is on the east side of town. And uh, we went with them to church. And I remember hearing the word of God being taught in a way where I could actually understand it. The worship was so different. It was real. And praise the Lord, later, later that year, 2004, we, um, we gave our lives uh, to Jesus Christ. And um, from there, that's where my journey began in a life in Jesus Christ. Um, a few years after that, I actually ended up graduating from high school. I graduated from Hanks High School, and then I left El Paso. I moved to Lubbock, Texas. I, um, I went to college at Texas Tech uh, University, and um, I kind of started to struggle with my walk with the Lord. Uh, I started to have my own plans, my own goals, um, and they did not involve the Lord at all. I, um, I wanted to be a geophysicist, so I studied geophysics at Texas Tech. I wanted to find oil for oil companies. That was my goal. And between academics and the distractions that come with being away for college, the parties, the alcohol, all of those things, I stopped going to church. I had, you know, I, I knew the Lord was there, but I wasn't really walking with the Lord. I, he didn't have my entire heart. He was in my life but he was just kind of over here. He wasn't controlling my life. He wasn't leading my life. And my focus was just on my goals and my success as a geoscientist and doing the things Isaac wanted to do. Um, eventually, I graduated from there and um, I began to pursue other plans. I, um, I left to Colorado. I moved to Fort Collins, Colorado. I was accepted um, into um, a program at Colorado State University so I went to pursue my master's degree and my PhD in atmospheric science. So that's what led me to, to Colorado. And I remember when I got there, um, once again, my plan was about me. I wanted to become a research scientist. I wanted to do great things for science. I wanted to work at a national laboratory. My goal was to work at Oak Ridge National Laboratory. That's what I wanted to do. I wanted to uh, do research and um, just do the things I wanted to do. That was my plan. That was my goal. I had great plans. But when I got to Colorado, God had something completely different for me, waiting for me there. And I remember when I moved there, something inside of me was telling me, you need to get your butt back into church. And I, I know it was the Holy Spirit speaking to me. So about two weeks after moving to Fort Collins, I actually started going back to church. Um, I started going to Calvary Chapel Fort Collins. Uh, they're under uh, David Pierce, which um, Angel mentioned a little bit earlier. And I wasn't really serving or doing anything. I was more of a spectator. I would show up late so people wouldn't talk to me. And then I would leave right away so people wouldn't talk to me. Um, but in that time that I was going, the Lord started to minister to me. Things were starting to get stirred up again uh, in my heart. And in 2010, Another tragedy uh, hit my family. I lost another cousin uh, in a vehicle accident. And that was very impactful um, for me because I was very close to her. And I think for me, that gave me 
a better understanding of how delicate and how short life is. Like you're here one moment and then you're gone the next. I had just seen her a month and a half before that. And then like she wasn't here anymore. And then I remember when I went, when I came back to El Paso uh, for her services and we were cleaning her house out, you know, you realize like all the things that you, you work so hard for, you accumulate on this earth, like you take nothing with you. And I came to a realization that my life was going in the wrong path. I was just so materialistic at the time. I just wanted to be a great scientist. I wanted to um, make good money. That, that was my goal. That was my purpose. But that's not what God had for me. Um, after that incident, I actually began serving at, at Calvary Chapel in Fort Collins. Um, I, I started doing a lot of different things that I thought were not that important, but they were actually very important. I started stuffing bulletins, helping with the food pantry. Um, I did some ushering. Um, I helped clean the church um, on the weekends. It was just a lot of things that I started doing. I was probably not good at any of those things, so they kind of started moving me around to different ministries. But I started serving there. And um, interestingly, around that time, I was also working. I had just gotten a job as a research scientist, and I was teaching at Colorado State as well. And I was constantly surrounded by, by young adults, young people that were just completely lost, trying to figure out what to do with their lives. Some of them were there because their parents wanted them to be lawyers or doctors. Some of them were there because their friends were there, um, just engulfed in the partying and the alcohol. And I suddenly started to develop a burden in my heart for, for young adults, that generation, that age group, which is so critical because that 18 to 34, 32 year old age group is diminishing in the church body. That age group is like no longer existent. People are walking away from their faith. And I, I was just surrounded by that generation. And I really began to start have, to have a burden for uh, those individuals. And within that time frame, uh, Pastor Dave uh, offered a discipleship course on how to teach and how to study the Bible. So he told me you should take the course. It was, it was about six months long. Um, so I took it. And in that time, the Word of God really started to have a work in my life. Um, I started studying His Word. I started um, putting lessons together. Um, they had me uh, sit in on the youth ministry with the middle school, the high school kids. I was teaching once a week in there um, under supervision. And the Lord just started to change things in my heart. Things were being stirred up. Um, and then later that year, I remember that we started a prayer gathering at the church in the evenings. We would gather on Sunday evenings at 7, and we would just pray. And I'm so grateful for that ministry because in that ministry, I truly believe that's where the Lord really began to transform my life. Um, it's unfortunate that that ministry, the prayer ministry, I think for any church, is the least attended ministry. Um, people don't like to come and pray when really the backbone of the church, of our faith, of our walk, is prayer. And I learned so much going to that. I was never, never comfortable praying out loud around people. I was like, oh, they're going to judge my prayers. They're going to hear what I'm saying. They're going to think I don't know how to pray. But the truth of the matter is there's like no right way to pray. You just talk to God. You just talk to the Lord. And, and that's what I did. I just cried out to the Lord, everything that was on my heart. And I'm very grateful for the men and the women that were there that prayed for me and for the burden that I had on my heart for those young adults. That college town, I think the average age in Fort Collins is 28. So as we were praying, we were praying, you know, several months we started doing this prayer thing. Um, that burden really, really began to grow. 
And I can tell you, when God puts a burden on your heart, you can't make it go away. Like you can try to ignore it, you can try to get away from it, but the burden comes. It comes and you just have to surrender and give in to what God's calling you to do. And as we were continuing to pray, um, I finally took the step of faith to plant a college and a young adult ministry. We started off with three people. It was me, the pastor's, old, the pastor's oldest son, and another individual. And it was just a time of fellowship. We weren't really doing a Bible study, um, which then led to the next burden. Um, the Lord put it on my heart. Hey, somebody needs to teach the Bible to these young men. Um, so then I told the pastor. And uh, one thing that you'll learn is that when you go up to a pastor and you tell them, hey, we need this ministry or that ministry, they're going to tell you to do it. So um, be careful what you ask for. So I asked Dave, I said, hey, you know, do you want to come teach a Bible study to us, uh, to the young adults? He's like, no, you should do it. You should do it. So after considering it, uh, praying about it, um, I decided to do it. However, in my mind, I said to myself, I can teach these young men that are coming because it's once a week. I'll study the Bible once a week. I'll teach the Bible once a week. I'll love them once a week, and I'll pray for them once a week. But the truth of the matter is, when you start serving in that capacity, it becomes a 24-7 gig. And that was something I wasn't really prepared for. And I realized that the Lord was reprioritizing my life. I, I felt uncomfortable. It felt inconvenient. But you just have to do those things because God's called you to do it. So I started doing it. I started teaching the Bible to these young men. Um, the first study was awful, but they came back. So I had to prepare another study. And the Lord went from there. You know, he continued to bless that ministry. But it's interesting because God is so gracious. He is so good. Everything that you need to remain faithful to something that he calls you to do, he'll give it to you. And for me, it was love first and foremost for him and then also for the people that I was serving and ministering to. At the most, I could care about people in my own power. But the fact that the God gives you love that you don't even understand for people that you're serving, that is the work of the Lord. And I'm so gracious for that, that he gave me that love for him and for the people um, that I was serving. And glory to God. I, I praised God for that season in my life because those young people blessed me in so many ways. A lot of times you start serving in that capacity and people will tell you, oh, you're such a blessing. Oh, you're this, you're that. But the truth of the matter is the people that you are serving, those people are the blessing because God's using them to shape you and to mold you and to change you. So I'm so grateful for that time with those young people, teaching them and growing with them. I remember my life suddenly went from pulling all-nighters, working on my PhD dissertation, to pulling all-nighters, interceding for these, these young people. Um, the things they were facing, the issues they had in their lives, things I had no control over. That was the first time where I actually understood, like, I wasn't in control of anything. I think when you're trained as a scientist, you think you have the answer to everything, but, but you don't. We, we don't know anything. I can just tell you that right now. We don't know anything. And this is where I really learned that, where I just had to give all these things to God and let God take care of their issues. I remember telling uh, Pastor Dave that if I ever had kids and they got to that age, I was gonna lose my mind, especially if I had girls, because of all these things that, that the young people face. Um, but it was truly a blessed time for me. I remember also in my apartment at that time, I had a table in my living room and it was covered in 
my PhD research, dissertation stuff, papers, um, books from school. And little by little, that table began to be overtaken by Bibles, commentaries, books on um, missionary work, books on ministry. And it was just so symbolic of what God was doing in my life in that time. He was changing me from this atmospheric scientist who did research on the atmosphere to a student of the Word of God who just wanted to do research about his word and building his kingdom. So the Lord, he began to bless that ministry. We were, like I said, we started off with three young individuals and then suddenly we grew like to over 20 and my apartment was full of, it was a fire hazard. It was, we, we couldn't meet there anymore. There was too many people. And any of you, any of you that are thinking about youth or young adult ministry, um, you need to have food in your house because they eat a lot. I'm serious. If I didn't have any food, they probably would have eaten my furniture. So um, you always, you're always, your car always smells like food, first of all, and you're always bringing food. You always have food. So food, that's, that's the key there. If you feed them, they will come, and then you can feed them the word of God, right? So you have them in your, in your possession there. Um, so the group grew. And what we did is we finally moved that group onto the campus of Colorado State. We registered them as an official organization. And to this day, they are still meeting on that campus and they're blessing the individuals that are coming through that campus. So praise the Lord for what he continues to do uh, through that young adult ministry. But what's interesting is that once the Lord starts to use you and to do great things, the enemy loves to come in like a flood and the storms come. Um, A little bit later that year, as I was doing all these things, I started to develop some symptoms of dizziness, headaches, Um, a constant thirst, and um, I was facing a health crisis. The doctors, I saw like 11 doctors in Colorado, and none of them knew what was wrong with me. They knew something was wrong, but they didn't know what was wrong with me. So I actually ended up going to the Mayo Clinic in Rochester, Minnesota, and it turns out I had a small tumor at the base of my brain, and that I had somehow suffered some sort of traumatic brain injury. So it took me like eight months to get back to what I would call some sort of normal um, feelings as far as like my dizziness, my headaches. Um, but it was, it was hard. I had to go through a lot of rehabilitation, a lot of um, vision therapy. And I can tell you in that time in my life, even though I was surrounded by so many people, it was one of the loneliest times of my life because my parents, my brothers and sisters in Christ, nobody could take those symptoms away from me. Only the Lord could. It's interesting. Every time I had to teach the word, every time I had to do something, the symptoms would go away. The Lord would give me the stamina. He would give me the energy to do what needed to get done. And in that time, I really began to trust the Lord. It reminds me of what he told Paul in 2 Corinthians 12, verse 9. This is a verse that I constantly went back to at that time. Remember, Paul had a thorn in his flesh, and he asked the Lord to take it away from him. The word of God says three times. Um, if you study that, that, um, that section of scripture, uh, some scholars believe that he was using a Hebrew figure of speech. That means continuously. So maybe Paul was asking the Lord continuously to take that thorn away. But the Lord tells Paul, my grace is sufficient for you, for my strength is made perfect in weakness. And that's certainly something that I learned in that season as I was um, leading that college group and going through this health crisis. At my weakest, I was my strongest because that's when I could trust the Lord the most. And that's when I could bless those individuals the most because I was trusting in the Lord um, the most that I could in that time. And um, also, I learned so many things about ministry as I was doing, as I was leading that group 
Ministry is people, and ministry flows from within. If you don't have anything to give, you're not going to give anything. So as you minister to people, as you serve people, you have to have a devotional time with the Lord. If you don't spend time with God, you're not going to have anything to give to anybody. So that's very important. Our devotional time is probably the most important time that we have of the day. It's interesting we have time for this and for that, but we don't have time to pray. We don't have time to get into the Word of God. And that's something that convicts me daily. I, I always have to remind myself because, you know, we're in the flesh still. We don't like to make time for the Word. Oh, but I'm tired. Oh, I have to get up early. It doesn't matter. We, we have to make that time in the Word of God and to pray to the Lord. That way we have something to give uh, to people. It's so easy to get busy for the Lord that we forget to be busy with the Lord. And we have to be very careful. Um, that's one thing that I certainly learned. And um, we don't ever want to depend on a pastor. We don't ever want to depend on anybody for our walk. And I always tell the young people this. You need to take responsibility for your relationship with Jesus Christ and your walk with Jesus Christ. Don't depend on people to help you grow. You grow uh, as the Lord leads you. The Holy Spirit leads you. So now we're in October of 2016. Um, you know, all these things are happening in my life. And um, I go to a pastor's, and um, I think it was a leader's conference, right, in, in Aurora, Calvary Chapel, Aurora, uh, under Pastor Ed Taylor. And I remember Pastor Ed uh, was introducing people that were there from other parts of the country. There was people from California, and then there was a lone person from Texas, from El Paso, Texas. And, um, you know, in my mind, I thought it was perhaps, you know, the pastor from, from Sun City or from Calvary Chapel, El Paso. Um, but it wasn't. It was Angel. It was Angel um, Maroquin. I remember um, it was during the meet and greet when we talked. You, know, you were in the far left side of the sanctuary, and I went up to you. And I remember talking to Angel, and, and you had just planted this church in June, right? Father's Day. Father's Day. So June, July, August. So it was like a four months in when I met you. Um, and I remember talking to Angel, and um, you know, he's like, hey, I just planted this church in Northeast El Paso. Um, you know, and then I was telling him about what I was doing up in Fort Collins. I was leading the college group, and, and I, was, I had just gotten a job. I, I had just left CSU. I was working for the city now. And then, um, and then at the end of our conversation, you were like, well, if you ever come back, you know, come help me. I need, I need, I need men and women to help me with my, with my church plant. And um, I actually told you no. I said, oh, no, I, I won't be going back to El Paso. Um, you know, that's, that's what I said, yeah. So I told Angel, I said, no, I'm not, I'm not going back to El Paso. You know, my, um, I have a job up here now. I'm plugged in in ministry up here. And then, um, and that, that was the last thing I told Angel. What's interesting is that at that time, I started praying for this ministry, a ministry that I never thought I would, like, see again or hear about again um, because I wasn't going to come back, right? I was going to be in Colorado. So I started praying for, for Angel and for Fresh Vision Church. I prayed that the Lord would bring leaders, men and women, that could help you with the calling that the Lord had put on your heart. And then two months after meeting Angel, December 16 of 2016, um, my mom had a massive brain hemorrhage that almost killed her. And that incident changed her life and our family's life in so many different ways. And I knew that that event, the Lord was starting to change my plans again. Um, maybe I wasn't going to stay in Colorado as he had initially called me to do. And my mom had to learn how to, re how to do everything again. She had to learn how to walk, how to eat, how to talk. Um, 
she's a different personnel, car uh, personality-wise, and I think that's been the hardest thing. It's been a very difficult time. Um, and by January of 2017, uh, the Lord had put it on my heart to come back to El Paso. And after much prayer and um, counsel from my church leaders and brothers and sisters in Christ in Colorado, ultimately the Lord let me back to El Paso. And I moved back here in uh, February of uh, 2017. And I remember what I told you earlier, when God puts a burden on your heart, you can't make it go away. You just have to surrender and do what God has called you to do. So I had to come back because the Lord put on my heart. And that's what I did. I came back to El Paso to minister to my mom, to my family, and the other things that the Lord had planned for me. Now, when I left Colorado, it was hard for me emotionally. I had to leave friends. I had to leave ministries that the Lord had used me for. And it's interesting, as you serve the Lord, sometimes we like to put our self-worth in the things that we're doing for God and not necessarily who we are in God. And when God stripped all those things away from me, those ministries, those things that I was doing for him, um, I quickly realized that he was trying to teach me something. That ministry, our service unto the Lord, it's all temporary. We're not guaranteed that forever, right? Because it's only for a season. And I realized that who I was wasn't defined by what I did in ministry, but rather who I was in Jesus Christ. I was a child of God. That's who I was. I wasn't Isaac, the young adult pastor. I wasn't Isaac, the guy who did this or did that. I was Isaac, a follower of Jesus Christ. And I had to recognize that because it was preparing me for this season that the Lord still has me in right now. And it's, it's, it would be like me asking Angel, like, who are you when you're not Pastor Angel anymore? Who are you? And recognize, well, I'm just a child of God. That's what I am. And I had to recognize that. That was the first lesson the Lord taught me when I left Colorado. And... I can tell you this season has been one of the most difficult seasons that I've been through with my mom's recovery, along with my family. Since the winter of 2016, my mom has had three separate brain surgeries. She's had hours of rehabilitation. Um, we've spent hours in doctor's offices, diagnoses, prognoses that didn't seem promising. And all I can say to someone who goes through something like this is you can't lose hope. And there's two verses that I held, I held on to dearly when I was going through my health crisis, but I think with my mom, they just became more solidified in my heart because I felt with my mom, like I just, I knew like it was completely out of my control. At least with myself, it was me who was sick and not somebody I loved, but now it's my mom. So it was just a completely different trust that I had to develop with the Lord. Proverbs 3, 5 through 6, many of us have heard this, you know, trust in the Lord with all your heart. And lean not on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him, and he shall direct your paths. And certainly you have to trust the Lord. Sometimes he'll do things that you don't understand, but you just trust. You don't try to understand. You just trust him. Isaiah 26, 3 tells us, You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts in you. And that's what you have to do. You have to keep your mind stayed on the Lord. You can't keep your mind stayed on the circumstance or what's going on in the moment because you will lose your mind. You have to keep your mind on the Lord, no matter what you're facing, what you're going through. And what I've learned is that God will always have the last word. God always has the last word. You just have to trust him because he knows what's best for us. And for me, watching God heal my mom, doing things that were impossible to medical science, 
has truly just been a blessing to me. I'm so grateful that God has given me and my family more time with my mom. I wasn't ready to say bye to her yet, but though I had to have peace with the fact that he loves her more than I do and that he belongs to her, that was the only way I could get through my days. And I'm grateful. Every day she's still here, even on the hard days, we're blessed because I still have my mom here and can still minister to her and be with her and help her. And sometimes on the hard days, I'll think to myself, I wish things were the way they used to be three, four years ago. And then you realize that you're closer to God now than you were three or four years ago. And then you're like, this is the perfect or this is the right place that I need to be right now in my life. And moving back to El Paso has opened up a lot of doors for me. You know, here at Fresh Vision Church, for example, a ministry that I have been praying for since October of 2016 asking the Lord to bring men and women to help Angel. And I've realized that I was praying for myself. I was one of those individuals that God was going to send to help Angel. Why he didn't send someone better, I don't know, but he sent me. And that's why I'm here. Ultimately, that's why I'm here. The circumstance with my mom is what brought me here. But I know in my heart, I came to help Angel plant this church, a ministry that the Lord has put on his heart, and that's why I'm here. As hard as it's been with my mom, um, when I first came, I'm so grateful for Angel and for Robin and for his family because when I first came, my mom was in and out of the hospital. The last time I saw her, I was her son. When I came back, now I was her caretaker. The role had switched. Emotionally, physically, it's been very, very hard. And on the days where I could even put into words what I was feeling, what I was going through, you guys wouldn't say anything to me. You would just pray for me. And that's what would get me through, through that circumstance. And um, I'm very grateful for that. And I'm very grateful for the time that I have with my mom. Even on, like I said, even on the difficult days, I'm always going to be grateful for what, the God, what God called me to do and what I answered, when I answered him by coming here and helping my mom, um, even though it's very hard. And um, I'm very excited for what the Lord has in store for me here as I started serving here um, with the young people because the burden is still on my heart for young people. And uh, we started meeting um, Thursdays. We, we, I don't know, we've been doing it for a few months now. But I'm so excited to see what the Lord's going to do with that youth ministry. Um, and then also the Lord has opened up another opportunity for me. He's opened up the doors for me. Um, I'm now working at El Dorado Empire Early College High School. I'm teaching science there. Um, but I know that my calling there is to be a blessing to those young people. Every day I go there, I labor. I have 213 students. Every day I labor in prayer for those young people, that God will reach their lives, however he can do it, that he does it, and, and changes their hearts and uses them for his glory. And I've gone through a lot of um, you know, seasons in my life here that I've shared with you. I've chosen to share with you. And things have changed, things come, things go, people come, people go. But the truth of the matter is, as we go through life, God never changes. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever. The author of Hebrews tells us that. And that's what I hold on to, and that's what we have to hold on to, because there's going to be a lot of change as we walk um, with the Lord. And I'm so grateful that I've decided to follow Jesus. I'm so grateful that I put my faith in his son. I believe that he died for my sins. I believe that he was buried. I believe that he rose from the dead three days later. I recognize I'm a sinner. I need a savior. Every single day, I need a savior. And I have to continuously repent of my sin because we're not sinless, but we should desire to sin less.
Paul tells us in Philippians 3 verse 8, he says, yes, everything is worthless when compared with the infinite value of knowing Christ Jesus, my Lord. And that is certainly true. And I can't see myself doing anything else. Once you taste and see the goodness of the Lord, you can't and you won't look back to the way your life used to be. And I remember early on when I first started really loving the Lord and allowing him to come into my life, I heard this song. It's actually by Phil Wickham. It's one of the first songs Phil Wickham recorded. Um, in fact, he recorded it in his dad's basement. Um, it was like his first CD. It's called Give You My World. And it reminded me of the fact that once you taste and see the goodness of the Lord, all you want to do is give him your world. You want to give him your everything because there's nothing else. It's just the Lord and you. That's the most important thing in your life and in my life. So what I'll do is I'll just, I'll play that song and I believe Angel will come up after that. Um, and then we can conclude. Again, as I conclude this special, I want to share these final, these final thoughts. The pastor teacher is a divine gift to the church. There are a lot of scholars and writers who believe that the pastor is one individual with a twofold ministry. He must tend the flock and he must also teach the flock. The ideal pastor, therefore, is one who actively engages in the ministry of instruction. He ensures the saints are being fed on expository preaching by giving them the rich food of the word. And when the saints are properly fed, uh, are being fed properly, the church develops internally, grows wiser in discernment, and becomes stronger in their dedication to the Lord. As the pastors of this church, this is what we intend to do, not just for those of you that are here regularly that attend this church, who have made this church their home church, but for anybody new that is walking through those doors, whether they're like Isaac, having to return back home because of a, a, a situation that w that's beyond their control, or maybe they've just moved here um, and they're, they don't know anybody and, and it's a, a new place. That's what we want to do is just teach the Word of God, love people, show them Again, that God has a plan for them. God has, you know, an, um, loves them amazingly, and 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 they're beautiful. That they're everyone is just beautiful in God's in God's eyes. Now, I I really like what Isaac said. He said a lot that I like, but one thing that stood out to me when I was 20 years old was the first time I gave my first Bible study, and that was a disaster as well. If the Lord has put it in your heart, that's what he's called you to do, and you bomb the first time you teach the Bible, it's okay. You know, you have plenty of time. I mean, I, I still, I'm 40, I'm going to be 40, I'm going to be 44 in two, next week. Um, but um, there are times I feel like I still bomb. But again, it's the Lord. It's the Lord just doing the work, and uh, he uses those experiences to, to teach you and to grow, and, and I'm glad again, that he's used you. Um, that I'm glad that that first teaching was a bomb and that you didn't give up.
you know, and, and, uh, and uh, you're here now with us. Thank you so much. Um, at this time, I, I would like to, uh, let me see. Yeah, at this time, I want to present Isaac, this certificate of ordination that officially acknowledges him as a pastor of Fresh Vision Church. So, again, if you don't mind coming up. And again, this this is the certificate of ordination. I guess you guys can look at it afterwards. Um, it's it's that. We also there's a few other things that we we have uh, for you that we'll give to you later on. But um, again, I just want to say thank you for blessing us uh, with your teachings and with your counsel, with just the ears of, you know, the ears you have for, to listen to us, uh, for praying for us. And I also pray that God will continue to use you to accomplish his purpose and again for his glory. So again, thank you. And, and I'm so glad that you're here with us. Romans 16, verses 25 to 27 says this. Now to him who is able to strengthen you according to my gospel and the proclamation about Jesus Christ, according to the revelation of the mystery kept silent for long ages, but now revealed and made known through the prophetic scriptures, according to the command of the eternal God to advance the obedience of faith among all the Gentiles, to the only wise God through Jesus Christ, to him be the glory forever. Amen. Pastor Isaac, if you don't mind closing us out in prayer, that'd be great. So Heavenly Father, we thank you so much for this time, Lord, and thank you for just the privilege and for the honor, Lord, of serving you. I pray for this congregation, Lord, I thank you so much for every person in here, Lord. Um, Everyone is a blessing in here, Lord. I pray for them individually, Lord. I lift up whatever needs are on their heart. I pray that you would just help us, Lord, to get through another week. Help us to just seek your face, Lord, as we um, enter this week, Lord, to celebrate the birth of your son, Jesus, Lord. Help us to be a light. Help us to lead many other people to your son, Jesus, Lord, because that's what you've called us all to do. I thank you so much, Lord God, for what you're doing here. We love you and we praise you. All these things we ask in Jesus' name. Amen.